This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to July. It's July 1st, 2021. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. I appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Uh, lots to get to. Of course, uh, lots of baseball last night. Well, lots of late baseball last night. Uh, rain all over the East Coast uh, the Red Sox game was delayed twice. The Yankee game was delayed. The Yankee game didn't get over till after 1. The Red Sox game didn't get over till uh, close to 1 o'clock. Uh, so uh, we'll get to all that in a minute. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, by the way. Um, if, for those of you not familiar, Bobby Bonilla, uh, longtime Major League Baseball player, uh, is going to be getting a check today from the New York Mets for $1.2 million. Uh, th- this started, by the way, uh, in 2011 because Bobby Bonilla worked a deal with the Mets so that um, when he retired or t- to kind of uh, work out buying out the rest of his contract, he worked it out so that he would get this payment, $1.2 million, from 2011 to 2035. So he's getting $1.2 bucks for 24 years for not playing baseball. It's not, oh man, it just doesn't get any better than that. And you know what? And I said to my wife last night, I said, you know, when you think about it, it's kind of genius. You know, you guarantee you're going to have an income for a long time after baseball. You know, a lot of guys struggle, uh, you know, when they leave the game financially and Bobby Bonilla's made sure he's going to get a million bucks a year until he's, uh, you know, an old man. Uh, brilliant. Congratulations to him. So anyway, um, couple other things before uh, we get to sports. Obviously, uh, the big news yesterday, and it's not sports, but uh, Bill Cosby getting released from prison yesterday on, I guess, what you could call a technicality. I don't know that it's a technicality as much as it's proof that he should have never been put on trial in the first place. Now, look, everything aside, okay, I will say this. Bill Cosby is a guy that it, it was difficult for me because it's a guy that I admired growing up. Saw him in concert a couple of times. One of the I thought he was one of the funniest guys. One of the things I loved about him was he could be funny without being filthy. Um, and, uh, you know, we all know about his success on television, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and look, there is certainly something to all the charges that went on, you know, with all the things that he did. Uh, you know, given women quaaludes, et cetera. You know, he can say that it was as consensual as he wants, and in some cases it probably was. You know, there was some, there was certainly some questions with the one that he was put on trial for, Adrian Constan, that they kept in contact after the supposed uh, sexual assault, and it seemed to be friendly, you know, but whatever. At the end of the day, there was certainly something to the charges, and there was certainly, uh, you, he was not uh, 
innocent as uh, a lot of people want to portray. Was he as big a monster as Harvey Weinstein? No, I don't believe that. But I do believe that, you know, he did some things that were not kosher. However, at the end of the day, he reached an agreement on a civil case back in 2015 where the district attorney agreed that he would not bring charges against Bill Cosby. It's in a press release that he did this. It's not, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, it was simple. And yet the new DA decided that that wasn't valid. So he brought charges. Cosby was convicted, spent three years in prison. At the end of the day, the Supreme court in Pennsylvania said, uh, that agreement with the previous DA is binding and you can't do this, you know, uh, and say what you want. Again, it's one of those things where you have to you have to we have laws, we have a constitution for a reason. And whether you agree and whether he did what they said he did or to some degree of what they said he did is irrelevant. When, you know, deals are made with prosecutors and these things are put down on paper, you cannot. That's the why we have laws. And he can't be tried again for the same crime. It'd be double jeopardy. You can't do that. Uh, you know, so at the end of the day, whether whether it's right or, or, or whether you believe it's right or whether it's wrong, according to our law, what the state Supreme Court did in Pennsylvania was the right thing. He should have never been charged to begin with, regardless of how you feel about Bill Cosby, about what he did. You know, at the end of the day, it's part of our Constitution. It's part of our laws, and they have to be followed. Otherwise, what's the point, right? So, uh, you know, difficult, no question about it. Uh, and you know, and the, the one thing that, that I do agree with one of the things I heard yesterday was I hope this will not stop women from coming forward again, uh, whenever there is some, some kind of physical abuse or assault, because look, um, what happened with Bill Cosby, you know, she, he shouldn't have been put on trial, but at the end of the day, you still have to come forward with it. And they sued him civilly and, you know, he's had to pay a bunch of money and, 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 uh, you know, but at the end of the day, the, the agreement was made so that you could get a deposition out of them. You can't go back on, uh, you, you can't change, you can't say, oops, well, well, we changed our mind. We got what we wanted out of you. Now we're going to change our mind and really screw you. It doesn't work that way. So I hope it doesn't stop women from coming forward. Uh, and I think it's also going to give other prosecutors across the country uh, pause and say, okay, we need to be very careful about how we word things. I mean, the police and uh, DAs all the time make inference about well you know if you if you come clean here this is you know this is what'll happen and then they go back on it all the time you have to be very careful it's a very slippery slope so uh and in the world of sports along these lines another example of potentially of an athlete uh going rogue trevor bauer has been um accused in los angeles of sexually assaulting a woman, a woman that says that uh, gave her a concussion and uh, she has gone to the police and uh, she has obtained a protection order against Trevor Bauer. Um, now, Bauer's agent, Bauer hasn't said a word, but Bauer's agent did yesterday and said that uh, 
whatever went on was consensual, that he knew about it, and they had a brief, and he says, holy consensual sexual relationship, and the woman was asking Trevor Bauer for, quote-unquote, rough sexual encounters, demanding to be, quote-unquote, choked out and slapped in the face. Now, uh, why women, some women might find that appealing, I don't understand, but regardless, if that's indeed what happened and something, you know, uh, and, you know, I don't know, but supposedly there are text messages between Bauer and this woman that they remain friendly after the encounters, and that Bauer became concerned and confused when the woman told him that she had sought medical con- medical care for a concussion after their uh, second and final encounter. So I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know whether this indeed was sexual assault, whether this is a money grab. It's so hard to say with celebrities. But obviously Major League Baseball is going to look into it and just what MLB does not need. Uh, um, on a lighter note, I don't even know if it's a lighter note, but on a happier note for college athletes, the NCAA yesterday, the board of directors, um, paved the way for athletes at colleges of every level to profit off of their name, image, or likeness so that they can now go out and uh, uh, get paid for endorsement deals, for sponsorship deals, for personal appearances, uh, but there was a, a thing on social media right after this was announced yesterday. The, the kid, I can't remember what school it was, but like going to appear at a, you know, at a uh, memorabilia show and sign autographs, and he's getting paid for it. Uh, you know, and uh, th- now they'll be able to profit off of their social media accounts. I mean, there's been some talk that Paige Becker's the sensational women's basketball player at UConn could make three hundred grand a year off of her Twitter feed. You gotta be kidding me! But good for her, you know. And again, I think the, 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 the thing that needs to be clarified here, this is not a play for pay. Students are not getting paid to play college athletics. It just means that, like everybody else, they should be able to profit. They should be able to be uh, a paid endorser or uh, use their social media influence. If a company wants to pay them to you know, flash their gear on social media, then they should be able to do that. They should be able to sign autographs at shows and get paid for it. Absolutely. Why not? They are celebrities, right? Um, but this is not play for pay, and I've been adamant about that. You know, There is a quid pro quo in Division One and Division Two between playing a sport and getting a college scholarship for free room board tuition books fees everything's paid for that is getting paid to play do the schools make a lot of money yes should athletes be able to make money from other ways other than getting a paycheck from the university absolutely absolutely but they should never get a paycheck from a university period but this is a step in the right direction and the ncaa had no choice here because states across the country are slowly uh, adding these laws so that their athletes in the, at the colleges in their states can do that. Uh, Connecticut had one that was going on the books as of today. And it was going to set up a situation in the NCAA where you know some states were going to have a competitive advantage in recruiting because their state has laws allowing uh, the athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. 
And the Supreme Court had uh, just said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, they can't hold kids down from doing this. So uh, they had to. And it's the right thing to do. So congratulations to the athletes. You know, for those of you that still think they should be getting paychecks, no. It's not going to happen, I don't believe. And if it does happen, then it's no longer college athletics. As soon as that happens, it's now professional athletics. Let's just let's just stop and, you know, we never have to talk about amateur athletes or college athletics again because it has just become an extension of the NFL or the NBA or whatever other professional sports league you want. The day these kids get paychecks is the day the whole – landscape changes now it changed significantly with this ruling but this ruling is just simply uh the right thing and the fair thing and some athletes are going to make more than others there's no question the star quarterback the star you know point guard etc etc you know they're going to have a chance to make more money but there has been examples of people on soccer teams track teams um uh, field hockey teams that have huge social media followings that will be able to profit. So I'm all for it, all for it, but never, never, never a paycheck from a university or college, never. Um, before we get to the baseball games from last night, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning with a two with a 2-0 lead now in the Stanley Cup Finals, they beat the Canadians last night 3-1. Uh, look, the Canadians with a much better effort last night, no question, they outshot Tampa by a large margin, 43-23. But Andre Vasilevsky, who, by the way, I thought I think got jobbed uh, in not winning the Vezina Trophy for the best NHL goalie. It got, went to Marc-Andre Fleury. And, and to be sure, Fleury had a better year, but Vasilevsky is a far superior goalie. I don't care what anybody says. But Vasilevsky was great last night, uh, made the saves when he needed to. And, and look, you gotta, you, you got to tip your cap um, you know, to Carey Price from Montreal, the goaltender, he was great. I mean, he saw, uh, you know, a lot of shots in game number one, tried to keep his team in it, and uh, but last night the offense just could not get anything by Vasilevsky. And, you know, you knew the way it was going to go when Blake Coleman uh, scored a goal with three-tenths of a second to go uh, in the second period, you knew they were all done. You know, it was just, and it was only two to one at that point, but you could just see the air come out of every player on that Canadiens team, and you knew they were in trouble. So um, it's just a matter of time now. This one's just about over. It's a two nothing lead. Yeah, I know. I know that Montreal came back from 3 1 down at Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs are not the Tampa Bay Lightning. That Lightning team is scary. Um, all right, the Red Sox last night. So let's look at the, the good side. The good side is the Red Sox win the game. The Red Sox are 6-0 and on this homestand. Um, great start. I, well, no, not great start. A solid start by Martin Perez. He did give up seven hits in five and a third, but he got into the sixth inning, which, look, for, for Red Sox starters for the month of June, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but the bullpen did its job once again. Brandon Workman came in. Now, he, he gave up a hit that allowed a run to score that made it 5-2 to two at, a time, at the time. But then gets a double play ball, gets out of it. Scoreless inning by Darwins and Hernandez. Uh, Josh Taylor, his 24th consecutive scoreless appearance for the left-hander. Unbelievable. 
I mean, this is a guy that was pitching batting practice to start the season. And then Matt Barnes, I was a little bit surprised by this. He came in in a non-save situation working back-to-back games. You would think that makes him uh, you know, out for today, but they didn't use Adam Adovino, so maybe Adovino is their closer t- today. But Barnes uh, strikes out a couple of guys and uh, finishes this thing off uh, very late in the evening. It was delayed 30 minutes before they even started by rain, and then it was about a two-hour rain delay before they were able to resume. I was shocked that they finished. Um, and they have to play a game this afternoon at 1 o'clock, and hopefully they should be okay. I don't think the thunderstorms and rain is supposed to roll through there until later in the afternoon. We're supposed to get thunderstorms here um, starting early afternoon. So it could be that uh, they'll be able to get that in. But I was surprised that they finished it. I mean, it, at one point, it was just absolutely pouring as the uh, as Tampa, as Tampa, as uh, Kansas City finished out the fifth inning. And I thought, sure, after four and a half, and the Red Sox had the lead, that uh, a 5-2 lead, that they were going to just put the tarp on the field and bang it for the rest of the night. I really thought that. But and, and by the way, I thought they waited too long. By the time they pulled the tarp over at the end of the sixth inning, the infield was a mess. I mean, it, was, it had already taken a ton of water. And you could see when they were, you know, when they were pulling the tarp over, that, the infield was just mud. So it took them a while to get it ready after they pulled the tarp off. But um, Red Sox now 50 wins. At the midway point, we are at exact midway point for the Red Sox, 50 and 31. They have the second best record in baseball. And you have to look at this. The Red Sox went 18 and 10 in the month of June. And when you think about how bad this pitching staff was for a couple of week period where these guys couldn't get out of the, the, the third or fourth inning in some cases and were getting torched. It is absolutely mind-boggling that they went 18-10. and 10. And they have an opportunity today uh, to finish this thing off with uh, a, a perfect homestand, sweep the Royals, and head out west. And, and, boy, I'll tell you what, getting these wins now, you're going in to play a very good Oakland Athletics team on uh, Friday. It is a beautiful thing if they can get the sweep here. Um, J.D. Martinez, a monster home run last night to dead center field, a three-run bomb in the third inning, erased a 3-1 deficit. Sal Perez had hit a uh, home run for Kansas City in the second off of uh, Martin Perez. But uh, he just unloaded on that thing. J.D. Martinez is starting to get hot again. I know he had that long – it was strange. He had that long – a hitting streak like 10, 11 games, but his batting average actually was going down. But he's up back up over 300. Uh, that was his 16th home run of the season, now has 54 runs batted in. That's second on the Red Sox behind Rafi Devers, who is, has uh, 64, I think. But uh, it's good to see him getting hot again. A couple of hits from Bogarts last night. He's hitting 330. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez with some offense last night. How about that? A couple of hits. And Hunter Renfro, another home run last night, his 12th. He continues to play well, um, and uh, a guy that has just been since May first. He is a three hundred hitter. He's he's hit like three ten, I think, since May the first. You know, and you look at it, and it's you know this is a guy that in April you're like, what the hell did the Red Sox do? 
you know, now he had played some decent defense, but they're finally getting the bat they expected. And this is a guy that has hit 30 plus home runs in a season before. And he, you know, he may not do that this year, but if they can get 20 to 25 homers out of him and he continues to play defense the way he is, there was another situation last night where the Royals had a chance to send a runner home from third and they saw that Hunter Renfro had the ball in the outfield and they said, Whoa, they just stopped. And that's, we're going to see that a lot with other teams. You know, the fact he's got 11 outfield assists, uh, on July 1st, that's, you know, makes a lot of teams sit up and take notice. Uh, the other good news for the Red Sox yesterday is Chris Sale threw a live batting practice session uh, before the game, and uh, Christian Arroyo took some at-bats against him and said that he was ridiculous. I mean, he was throwing uh, 94, 95 miles an hour. He was also throwing his changeup. He was throwing his slider. They said that he looked nasty. Uh that's unbelievable. You know, usually it, it, they said that what was great about it was is that he was able to have control on the changeup and, and the slider. And a lot of times those are the last things that come in. Usually with the fastball, you know, you're fine, but getting your feel on your other pitches is difficult. He's got them already. So he is going to be throwing another BP session. He's going down to Fort Myers uh, when the team heads to the West Coast. He's going to throw another two-inning uh, batting practice session in Fort Myers and then they're going to send him to Worcester. They're not going to send him to low A and have him work his way up. They're going to send him right to triple A so that he can see better hitting right off the bat. And they're going to have him online, folks. That I think by, uh, you know, first week of August, Chris Sale's back in Boston. Now, one of the things the Red Sox are talking about doing is when he comes back after the All-Star break, they may go to a six-man rotation for a while. And, you know, the other thing that it, they're talking about is Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck threw uh, four innings yesterday. Now he gave up a couple of runs, but he only gave up three hits over four innings. He hit a couple of guys, but they said that his stuff looks good. So we may see Tanner Houck back. You know, it may be one of those situations. Garrett Richards, uh, you know, they're hoping that what he did in mid-game the last time means he figured it out. But if not, you could see Tanner Houck in that spot in the rotation uh, sooner rather than later. So uh, good news for Boston. You know, they've got some help on the way, uh, it, you know, and uh, they've already got 50 wins now. And people are saying, well, are they going to get 100 wins? I don't think this is a 100-win team. But I, then again, I didn't think it would be a 50-win team at this point of the season. So I, I wouldn't rule it out. But, you know, look, if they get, you know, to the point where, you know, you win 90 games, they're in the playoffs. I mean, it's going to be hard. This team is going to have to work really hard right, not to make the playoffs. Seriously, at this point, um, they would have to really lay an egg. And I know this AL East is stacked, but the Red Sox, after last night, would have three-game lead over Tampa, seven-and-a-half over Toronto, and eight-and-a-half over the reeling New York Yankees. Ooh, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, last night was an absolute uh, circus in New York. It was a disaster if you're a Yankee fan. But it was uh, a very, very strange roller coaster ride last night. And we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. So uh, I mentioned the uh, circus in uh, New York last night. 
Shohei Otani, everybody was really excited. It was going to be his first start on the mound in Yankee Stadium. And it, well, it was a mess. Now, the Angels got him two runs in the top of the first inning, right? So he goes in out on the mound, and he's got a 2 nothing lead thanks to a home run by Gosselin in the first inning off of uh, Domingo Herman. Shohei Otani could not find the plate. Walked four guys. Gave up a couple of hits. He leaves after two-thirds of an inning and 41 pitches, only 20 of them for strikes. He ends up getting charged with seven runs in two-thirds of an inning. So the Angels are down 7-2 at the end of one. And everybody that bought a ticket that was excited to see Otane is now disappointed because when he starts, he does not play the outfield or it does not uh, stay in the game. Uh, they didn't move him into the outfield. So you saw him for two outs, and that was it. The Angels got one back in the second inning. It's 7-3. They get one back in the fifth. It's 7-4. And then the rains come. And another long rain delay, just like we saw in Boston. The Yankees come back when the rains uh, subside. They take an 8-4 lead into the ninth inning. 8-4 lead going into the ninth inning. It's a non-save situation, but Brett Boone, or Aaron Boone, I should say, brings in uh, Aroldis Chapman. Chapman walks the house. He walks three guys, gives up a hit, and then the hit he gave up was a grand slam home run to Jared Walsh. So from 8-4 to 8-8, he's done. And then Corey Litke comes on, and he doesn't fare a whole hell of a lot better. Uh, Luis Rangifo, a uh, uh, pinch hitter, comes up, a two-run single off of Litke, uh, another RBI single by uh, Taylor Ward, and the Angels come all the way back and score seven runs in the top of the ninth inning and beat the Yankees 11-8. to uh, Rysel Iglesias with a perfect ninth inning uh, to pick up his 15th save of the season. So, so the Yankees score seven in the first and then lose with the Angels scoring seven in the ninth. It is the first time in since at least 1900 that a team uh, the, for the Angels that a team has given up seven runs in the first inning and then scored seventh in the ninth to win. So this doesn't happen. You know, it's, it's, it's again, it's one of the things I love about baseball. Just when you think you've seen it all, you haven't. And uh, Chapman, look, he doesn't give up a lot of home runs to left-handers. Matter of fact, he hadn't give up a ho- hadn't give up a home run. I don't believe to a lefty since they said 2017. I thought it was more recent than that. I I could be wrong. I have to remember when. But I thought Rafi Devers took him out, and Devers is a lefty, so I, I don't know that that's accurate. But maybe that was also in 2017. Um, it could be. You know, Devers has been around. I think that was his rookie year, so it could be. Um, but uh, and he hadn't walked three batters in a game since July of 2019. It's just, I mean, you just look at every all the things that happened yesterday that haven't happened in forever. By the fact, matter of fact, it was the first time the Yankees had uh, given up a grand slam to tie a game 
since 1986 when George Bell of the Toronto Blue Jays did it off of Dave Rigetti. I mean, so it's just, it's it's a disaster in New York. They are now 41-39. and 39. Aaron Boone is uh, being skewered. Now, look, I don't know how you can blame Aaron Boone for some of this. How do you blame Aaron Boone for... Aroldis Chapman stinking yesterday and walking the ballpark. How is that Aaron Boone's fault? You know, how is it Aaron Boone's fault that he's had so many injuries this year? You know, I mean, you know, that's you look at this stuff and you go, you know, why are you know, it's not Aaron Boone's fault that Luke Voigt got hurt and and since he's come back, he's hitting 195. You know, DJ LeMahieu, who was the batting champion last year, is only hitting 273, and he's only hitting that because he's been hotter than hell for the last week or 10 days. You know, Clint Frazier, a guy that the Yankees decided they were going to hand an outfield job to this year, is hitting like 190. How is that Aaron Boone's fault? You know, again, a lot of times uh, managers get blamed for things that kind of are out of their control. At the end of the day, Players play, and if they don't perform, it's not Aaron Boone's fault. Now, if you wanna, if you wanna blame Aaron Boone for anything, maybe blame him for the fact that you know, with a marquee guy like uh, uh, Otani going last night, that he didn't have Aaron Judge in the lineup, but he wanted to give Judge a day off. And hey, you know, you've got to do that from time to time. And people say, well, you know. You know, so I guess if you want to blame him for that, go ahead. So because that mean that meant that Brett Gardner played in the outfield last night, and you know their outfield was Miguel Andujar, Clint Frazier, and Brett Gardner. Not exactly what the Yankees thought they were going to have at the start of the season. You know, and by the way, putting Brett Gardner in the lineup worked out pretty well for me. Went two for two last night. You know, including a home run. So you can kill you can kill Boone for that, I guess. But at the end of the day. You know, Domingo Herman was not great. Three runs, three hits, three walks, and three innings. You know, his bullpen up until uh, Chapman and Lidke did a decent job. You know, they get, scored a run off of Luis Sessa in the, the fifth. But outside of that, I mean, their bullpen was good yesterday. So I think you got to, you know, I don't think you can blame Aaron Boone for this. Now, I, you know, I suppose that, that you know, somebody's got to take the hit. You know, and you got a team that spent a lot of money, you know, and uh, all that money they spent on Garrett Cole, you know, the problem is, is that Garrett Cole doesn't close games. Garrett Cole doesn't hit, you know, and yeah, Garrett Cole got whacked his last time out too, but, you know, he's been really good for this team. So, you know, you know, maybe he's going to be a fall guy. I don't think so. I mean, Brian Cashman gave him a, has given him not one, but two uh, votes of confidence in the last week. So I don't think he's going anywhere, but. I think the fans would like to see that, and I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. Uh, the other thing about yesterday's game, is I got into a bit of a debate on Twitter last night um, about Shohei Otani, and everybody's saying, you know, comparing him to Babe Ruth. The only comparison you can have between Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani is the fact that they both pitched and they both hit. And you can say that Otani maybe is a little bit more special because he's doing it on a consistent basis as opposed to Ruth, who was a pitcher and then became a hitter. He didn't actually pitch and hit 
in the same season, I think, except for two years. So there, I, I am not saying that what Otane is doing isn't special. What I'm saying is, is that he's not Babe Ruth. You can't compare him to Babe Ruth. I mean, only the only way you can compare him is, yes, they both pitch, they both hit. But if you look just strictly at numbers, and if, first of all, Otani's only been in the league for like three years. So let's pump the brakes a little bit. Otani's thrown 112 innings in his career, okay? He's got a career ERA of 3.43, which is nothing to sneeze at, and a 1.25 whip, but in 112 innings. But Babe Ruth pitched over 1,200 innings in his career and had an ERA uh, a run lower. He was a 2.28 over 1,200 innings. And his walks and hits to innings pitch was also lower than Otani's with 1,100 more innings. Shoei Otani's a 272 career hitter. And his on-base percentage is 345. You know, it's not, look, I'm not saying it's awful. But Babe Ruth, for 22 years, his career batting average over a 22-year career was 342. His on-base percentage was 474. He got on base almost 50% of the time over 22 years. All I'm saying is, is yes, Otane is doing something unusual. And yes, outside of Babe Ruth, there hasn't been anybody in the last 100 years that has done it on a consistent basis. Are there players that can do both? Yes. The Cincinnati Reds have one. You could probably make a case that if you wanted to, the way that uh, Jacob DeGrom swings the bat, you know, maybe he could too. There's probably other guys that could do it. But baseball is not said. They don't allow that to happen. There probably are guys that could, but Major League Baseball teams won't allow that because they don't they 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 aren't willing to take the chance um you know that you could lose a guy because you're you're going to quote unquote wear him out but Otani wasn't coming to the major leagues unless he could do both that was the deal so you know again he's definitely doing something unusual definitely doing something special but he is not and never will be Babe Ruth so, you know, let's just say uh, what I'm what I'm comfortable with is saying, yeah, the only other person that's ever done something similar is Babe Ruth. But Babe Ruth did it so much better than Shohei Otani has done it and for so much longer that we need to calm down about he's the greatest player since Babe Ruth. He's not. There have been way better pitchers than Shohei Otani over the years. There have been way better hitters than Shohei Otani over the years. Yes, he can do both, he, and he can do both fairly well, but he can't do them to the level Babe Ruth did, which was an absolute elite pitcher and elite hitter. So we have to just, you know, calm down. He's not Babe Ruth other than the fact that he can both pitch and hit. But his numbers are not and never will be to the level of Babe Ruth, period. I'm not saying it's not great, but he ain't Babe Ruth, folks. Um, the series concludes today. Griffin Canning will take the hill for the Angels, and uh, Jordan Montgomery will pitch in the series finale. He's 3-2 and two with a 4-0-6. Uh, the Angels trying to get out of there winning the series. And look, if you're the Yankees, uh, you know, I, I guess nothing is a must-win at this point of the season, but, boy, it's getting pretty close. You know, we talked about it 
uh, on Tuesday, our last show, uh, you know, could they be out of it by the All-Star break? I, you know, I don't know if you can ever say the Yankees are out of it, but Jesus, they're eight and a half out now. And they've got three really good teams ahead of them. It is going to be a slog for them to get back into playoff contention. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, and the Red Sox got helped out again yesterday. The Washington Nationals uh, beat the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, Trey Turner did something that has only been done by a handful of other people in Major League history. He had his third, or excuse me, his fifth cycle of his career. No, third cycle of his career. He becomes the fifth player to do it. So three cycles, single, double, triple, home run. You know, and is it is it a great feat? I mean, yeah, but it's also, it's more of an oddity. It doesn't mean you're like the outstanding player. I mean, think about it. Brock Holt, who's not going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, I love Brock Holt. But Brock Holt had a cycle for the Red Sox in the playoffs. It's an oddity. It's not like some, you know, monumental feat. But the last person to do it was Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is the only guy that's had three cycles in his career um, after the 1930s. The other guys that have done it, Babe Herman, Bob Musil, and uh, John Riley, all did it in the 30s. So, uh, uh, but, you know, look. Great, great for him, Trey Turner, with the with the four hits last night. And you know what? And on the last hit, when he got the triple, he slid in head first and jammed his finger. He's now day to day. He actually had to leave the game. They pinch hit for him in the seventh inning. Uh, but they absolutely thumped the Rays yesterday. Beat them fifteen to six. You know the Rays. Uh, you know, led four two going into the bottom of the third, and then uh, Washington got, got going. They got four in the fourth or third. Uh, single runs in the fourth and fifth, three more in the sixth, and then four more in the eighth. They win it 15-6. to six. John Lester got the start for Washington yesterday. He wasn't very good and got the win. Gave up five runs and seven hits in five innings and got the win because they just absolutely unloaded on Ryan Sheriff and, uh, and Rasmussen, the starter for uh, Tampa yesterday, and then they beat up on Pete Fairbanks. Boy, Pete Fairbanks was supposed to be a, a big part of the back end of that bullpen uh, uh, along with Diego Castillo for Tampa and just brutal. Gave up uh, three hits, three walks, and four runs in a third of an inning yesterday. His last four appearances for Tampa have been dreadful. Uh, but anyway, so the Nationals, big win for them, but that means Tampa is three back of the Sox. Washington with the win. It's their fourth straight win. They've won eight of ten, and they are now only two games back of the New York Mets in the National League East. The New York Mets, I'm not going to get into the Mets game yesterday. I'll just tell you that it was gross. They lost to the Atlanta Braves yesterday 20-2. to 20-2. Ozzie Albies, uh, five hits in the game, drove in seven. Two of his uh, five hits were home runs. One of them came off of an uh, outfielder. Uh, Albert Almora came in to pitch at the end of the game for uh, – uh, the Mets, when his team was tr- down 14-2, to two, took one for the team and gave up the second home run to Albies. But uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. had his 22nd. I mean, it just was a, a, a bludgeoning yesterday. So now the Mets, uh, they are in a bit of a free fall. They have lost six of the last ten. And their lead has become very, very tenuous in the National League East. The Baltimore Orioles... How about them? We'll talk about that when we come back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 50 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. Got a few minutes to go this morning before uh, we get out of here. Baltimore Orioles, 
the only other team to win in the American League East yesterday, and they did it by beating the Houston Astros 5-2. to two. They sweep the Houston Astros, a team that just crushed them uh, in Baltimore, outscored them uh, 26 to three in a uh, in a sweep in uh, Baltimore last week when they had won 11 in a row, get swept in their own ballpark by the Baltimore Orioles. Houston has now lost four in a row. Their lead in the American League West now down to a half a game, and the Orioles sweep in Houston for the first time since 2008. Matt Harvey got the start, the Connecticut native, and uh, he was not hideous. He was uh, he was good enough. I mean, he he didn't get through the fifth. He went four and a third. But it's one of those things with Harvey at this point in his career. He had thrown 79 pitches. He had given up four hits, a couple of runs, walked a couple of guys. But it was one of those things where you get him out and give him something positive to work on. He's still got an ERA of 7.3, but his last couple appearances have not been as bad. It's just a moral victory, I guess. But a great job by Tanner Scott out of the bullpen and ending in two-thirds. Uh, and then Fry comes in. Sulser picks up his third save, uh, and they beat Houston yesterday 5-2. to two. Um, Unbelievable. Austin Hayes, another home run. Ryan Mountcastle with a couple of runs batted in. And uh, the Orioles, they're still 20 games back of the Red Sox. They're not going anywhere. But, man, uh, did not see that coming. The uh, Bad news for Houston, they had to put Jose Orquidy on the injured list. He had some shoulder discomfort Tuesday um, in, in his last start. He left in the second inning, and uh, uh, they have put him on the injured list. So he is down for you know at least the next 10 days, and they're hoping it isn't anything more serious than that. Uh, the Orioles have today off. They actually will head to Los Angeles to take on the Angels starting on Friday night. The Astros start a series against the Cleveland Indians. It's a four-game series that starts tonight. Uh, Framber Valdez, who has been great for Houston, uh, the lefty is 4-1 and one with a 2-1-1 ERA. He'll get the start against J.C. Mejia tonight. Uh, and Cleveland uh, is reeling after losing a doubleheader yesterday to the Detroit Tigers, of all people. Uh, so Cleveland needs that. Cleveland has fallen four behind the Chicago White Sox now. So uh, that's going to be a tough to get two teams that are going to be desperate to get things back on track uh, in that series this weekend. So that should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the Blue Jays yesterday, they lose. They lose to the Seattle Mariners. I'll tell you what, these Mariners, um, no joke. They're three games over 500, and nobody had them uh, – uh, <laughs> nobody had them contending for a playoff spot. Right now, they are contending for a wild card spot and a realistic one. They're six back of Houston, but right now in the wild card race, uh, if the season ended today, uh, they would miss it by just a skosh. I mean, they are right there, forty-two and thirty-nine. Uh, Stephen Matz coming off the injured list. Got off to a pretty good start. He retired six of the first seven batters he faced. Uh, and then uh, the next three batters got on. He struck out a guy but uh, or struck out two in a row, but uh, he just did not have it yesterday, and his manager said it was rust. Well, it probably was, but still, two and two-thirds, five hits, four runs. Uh, but uh, the as the Blue Jays do, they can hit. 
you know, they ended up with uh, 12 hits in the game. And uh, and Vlad Guerrero didn't get involved in the offense at all yesterday, but Bichette with a couple of hits. George Springer had a couple of hits uh, as he's trying to find his way back. Randall Grichik, uh a couple of hits. Guriel hit his ninth home run, but it wasn't enough as Seattle used a Dylan Moore three-run bomb in the 10th inning to uh, beat the Jays. The Jays now 41-37 and 37 on the season. Uh, I mentioned uh, Houston having just a half a game lead in the AL West, and that's because the A's win again yesterday. They beat the Rangers 3-1. to one. But the story in this game, Chris Bassett won his ninth straight decision. He is now 9-2. and two. He pitched seven shutout innings yesterday, struck out seven, walked one, only gave up three hits. Um, and uh, they beat the Texas Rangers 3-1. to one. Joey Gallo had a home run for the only uh, run of the game. It came in the ninth inning. Uh, for Texas, but uh, Oakland now 48 and 34, and uh, the Athletics will send Sean Manaya to the Hill today in the series finale. He's six and four with a very respectable 2.91 ERA. Dane Dunning will get the start for Texas. Uh, one other quick note: the Phillies lose to Miami yesterday, 11 to six, despite the fact Bryce Harper hit two homers. They were both solo shots. Uh, but the story of this game: Joe Panic, who just got traded to the Miami Marlins from Toronto um, in exchange for Adam Simber and uh, Corey Dickerson. Uh, hit a home run in his first hit bat for Miami and then hit the go-ahead RBI single uh, in a sixth run, six innings as the Marlins came back uh, to win that game over the Phillies. So uh, good good for Joe Panic. It's a guy that, uh, you know, longtime San Francisco Giant has bounced around a little bit the last couple of years, but uh, – uh, making an immediate impact in his new home. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from Mike Reed. It's called Walk on Faith. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.